Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. Welcome to Inspiring Women, and today I'm speaking with Cassie Smith. Now, Cassie is the Chief of Staff at Wellvana Health. This is a early stage company in healthcare in Nashville focused on value-based care and working with primary care physicians. So we'll learn a little bit about that. Now, Cassie has been working in the healthcare arena for about 10 years. She's got her MPH from Vanderbilt University, an economics degree from Connecticut College. She's worked at large-scale organizations like HCA Healthcare, Ascension Care, and Boston Healthcare Associates. And as she has gone from larger organizations to startups, we're going to hear a lot about this early stage career journey. And Cassie, thank you for being on Inspiring Women. Thank you so much, Lori. I'm so honored to be a part of it. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to talking to you. And I want to talk about, you know, what's going on in Nashville. But as we get started, why don't we start with, you know, what are you doing right now? What is your day to day? You chief of staff in an early stage company. So that means to me, everything, including sort of like, you know, taking care of the company dog and those kind of things. What do you actually do? That's pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> you know, I get asked this a lot. We're hiring a lot of new um, employees and they ask, you know, so what do you do as chief of staff? And and the answer really is a little bit of everything. You know, I think because I started at the company at such a small stage, I've really had my hands in a lot of different parts of the company, uh, been through a lot of changes with the company. And so I think as I moved into this chief of staff role, that role has kind of stayed the same. Um, so I'm lucky in that I get to support, you know, our CEO, uh, he started with us in January. And I also support a lot of other teams and just kind of bigger projects, I think, as they come up, especially given my history with the company, I am still kind of holding on to some bigger projects. But generally, I think, you know, supporting high level kind of strategic projects for the company. I work on some of our bigger governmental programs uh, that we're participating in. A lot of supporting, you know, different team team members, onboarding, um, stuff like that. So whatever kind of comes up, I take it as it comes, I guess. Okay, well, fantastic. So we're going to talk more about Wellvana and what it means to be working in a fast-paced um, early stage um, company with um, some pretty experienced entrepreneurs. But let's start more with the personal story. So Cassie, you know, you've got your degree in economics, then a master's in public health um, from Vanderbilt. You've done strategy, healthcare policy work, then you moved on to ventures and now startups. Give us a little bit of the career trajectory. How did you make those choices? How did it all begin? Sure. So I had always known I wanted to be in healthcare. Uh, I was just always very interested in the field. I knew I never wanted to be on the clinical side. That wasn't for me. Um, but in college, I got introduced uh, to an internship at the Dartmouth Children's Hospital. And I just loved working. Um, it was sort of on the fundraising side, but I just loved being a part of the hospital system and learning about that. And so throughout my senior year, I applied to you know different jobs in the healthcare space. And I landed at a small boutique consulting firm. From there, most people at that company actually all had their MPH, which I had never heard of. It's a master's of public health. 
And Vanderbilt had a new track in health policy in 2015 when I was applying. So I got a pretty good deal on my tuition and my dad had heard Nashville was a, a cool healthcare town. So here I am about eight years later, I never left um, after those two years. So I just got pretty lucky, I think being in Nashville, I, don't, I had no idea the scope, I think of the healthcare industry here and during my internship at Ascentric Care Management, you know, I was actually in the ACO space. So I've, I've come kind of full circle since then. But during grad school, I really set my sights on HCA. Um, if you live in Nashville or really anywhere in the Southeast, HCA is really one of the, you know, top tier healthcare companies that's out there. And so I knew I wanted to work for them in some capacity. Um, and I was lucky enough to get a job there after grad school through a connection of one of my professors actually. And I had two different jobs there over the course of about three and a half years. I loved my time there. It's in a phenomenal company. And really, I wasn't looking to leave. It was in the middle of COVID. And, you know, I, I was really interested in a lot of the work that we were doing during the pandemic. And one of our, my husband and I, personal friends, Devin Carty, who's the CEO of Martin Ventures, just texted me out of the blue one day and said, hey, we're starting, you know, this small primary care uh, focused company. Do you want to come work for me? <laughs> and um, I just said, yes, it was a huge leap for me. Um, really kind of something that was out of the norm for me to take a risk like that. But I am so incredibly glad that I took that chance. So I was corporate employee number three or four back in September of 2020. And we have about 80 employees now and growing on, on a daily basis. So here we are. That is quite a leap. So I want to talk about that. And then, you know, it's also interesting that you comment about, you know, the masters of public health, not knowing what it is. I think many people in, a, in the clinical track um, of their professions, you know, are pretty familiar with that degree, but it hasn't been um, as well known for non-clinicians, certainly during the course of um, this pandemic. I think we've all become, you know, so familiar with how important public health is and all the different aspects of it. So, you know, maybe luck, but what a fortunate, um, you know, thing for you to be pursuing at such an important time. So Cassie, you know, in terms of Wellvana, you know, what, first, what made you take that leap? You know, how did you go from, you know, HCA, it's, it's brand household name in healthcare, largest hospital system, I believe that there is um, out there to employee number three or four at a startup. I mean, how, how did that leap happen? So I think in Nashville, Martin Ventures, which is a, a family office kind of venture capital firm here is very highly regarded. Um, I had known Devin for a couple of years and been watching a lot of the companies that they had been investing in and been a part of. And I used to kind of joke with him, you know, when, when can I come work for you? To be honest, I didn't even fully understand, you know, the, the VC world. It, it's something that, you know, I think until you're really in it or unless you're really interested in it's. I just didn't really know that much about it. So I didn't know what that was going to entail. Um, but I think if you ask people here in Nashville, you know, if they've heard of Martin Ventures and their companies, it's always yes. And they're always very successful. And so for me, it, it was a, a massive risk, but it wasn't like picking, you know, a random startup that would probably have a high probability of potentially failing. You know, I think Martin Ventures has always been incredibly successful in their companies. And so with Devin's backing, I felt very confident that it was gonna be a good move for me. You know, even if it didn't end up being a super successful company, I was gonna to get to learn so much and just have a lot more potential for growth than I think I would have had in at HCA, you know, just given the size and, and the structure there. And so for me, 
you know, I didn't have kids. I don't have kids. It was just a good time in my life too, to take that jump. Um, you know, I knew I had the time to do the work, so it was worth it for me to, to make that. Move. Well, that's great. And I want to talk about Nashville. It's a very well-connected and very well-known community for healthcare, healthcare tech, healthcare innovation. And HCA is one of the, you know, Martin Ventures as well, you know, some of the forces um, that have made it so. But let's talk about Walvana a little bit. So what does the company do? It's focused on value-based care, something that we've been talking about in healthcare for, I don't know, forever. Um, so what is what is Walvana doing to actually help um, organizations move to value-based care? Sure. So Walvana focuses majority on primary care physicians and helping them take on risk through value-based care and you know, risk-based contracts. So this for us is primarily in government contracts like the ACOs, MSSP, um, direct contracting entity, which is a full risk Medicare program this year, um, and Medicare Advantage contracts. So we provide the entire infrastructure that primary care physicians need to be able to take on this risk. It's a really heavy lift to be able to participate on these contracts. So we provide a full suite of technology, administrative support. We provide all the care management, transitional care management, um, clinical coordinators. We can help schedule appointments. We provide all the data to show providers, you know, how they're performing on these contracts. Um, and we're, we're embedded in all the markets that our physicians are in. So we have staff, you know, that's local, that can help in their offices, that's meeting with them on a weekly basis. We provide coding support, pretty much anything that, that the practice needs to be able to participate on these contracts, we provide it. Um, our goal is really to not we don't want to burden the providers. It's already, you know, there's already enough work, especially in these provider-owned practices for them to not only take care of their patients, which is the number one goal, but to run their practices and, you know, operate a business. And so we don't want to add to the stress um, of these contracts. So we try to take on everything that we can so that it's not a lift for the physicians to participate in these contracts. And then, Participating in value-based care, you know, it's better. It's better for the patients. Ultimately, um, we help improve outcomes. It's better for the providers. They, we hope, have a better work-life balance. We help streamline their operations. They're able to make more money on these contracts and provide better care for their patients with tools they might not have had access to before. So it's a, it's a really exciting space. You know, we're expanding every day into new markets, um, contracting with new providers, looking at a new partnerships, way that, ways that we can leverage other companies that are in this space kind of adjacent to us, like remote patient monitoring, different kind of clinical support, different disease management. So we're, it's really exciting. You know, there's just kind of endless opportunities to participate in the space. So I think we've just tapped the surface so far. So how's it going? So, you know, in terms of these types of startup um, companies, I mean, this value-based care space is wide open. And again, we've been talking about it a long time, but the world of a startup, I'll just call you a startup early stage um, as a company, pace is everything. You said like, you know, ready to work and have the time to sort of go all in on that. You know, how fast are things moving? Is every day a different day? Are you, you know, getting to learn on the ground floor as well as sort of participate in strategy? What is sort of like day-to-day look like there? Yes, it is moving incredibly quickly. Um, there's, there's a growing competition in this space. You know, I think the PCP world is consolidating pretty quickly as it is, you know, hospitals are buying up practices, payers are buying up practices. There's a lot of PE and VC interest in this space, buying up practices and larger companies like ours. And so 
you know, it moves every day. I think we also, as we grow as a company and have more access to data and our performance metrics, we are moving incredibly quickly to, you know, to evaluate what we've been doing, what's working, what's not working. You know, for many of our programs, we're on an annual cycle where we're evaluated on our performance. You know, we have bonuses and quality uh, payments based on our annual performance. And so it's really kind of a day-to-day, week-to-week look at how we're performing. What do we need to change? Um, you know, we're into May and we only have a couple months left of the year to, you know, get all of our patients in for annual wellness visits and update coding and stuff like that. So it's really, you know, kind of day-to-day operational work. But then I think, you know, on the strategy side, things are also moving very quickly. CMS comes up, has updated, you know, some of their programs through CMMI. So the the DCE program, the direct contracting program um, is changing a bit for next year. It's called the ACO reach program. It's, it's generally the same, but there's some nuances to the program. So we, we have to kind of keep up with how the policies are changing as well and across Medicare Advantage. So there's, there's lots to do. Um, we're also on, you know, kind of short timelines to contract with new providers given some of the CMS deadlines. And so we're, we're always on a tight timeline to, to grow as much as possible, sign up these providers to participate. Um, for example, we have an August deadline for January 2023 participation. So it's a, it's a short window to make a big impact for next year. Okay. And as we're talking here on this Friday afternoon, I can hear you sweating a little bit as you talk about the sort of like, you know, near term um, deadline. So it sounds, Kathy, Cassie, like you, you know, sort of everything that you thought you might be fighting off, you're using a lot of jargon in there. You're also sort of like, you know, seemingly knowledgeable about all these different aspects of this type of contracting, which is really great to hear and your enthusiasm um, is really shining through. I want to sort of steer the conversation a little bit to the Nashville area, I'm a little familiar with Nashville. Nashville having, you know, done some work there before, but the, ta- the um, Nashville is very well known as a healthcare innovation hub, um, you know, for, because of the large scale health systems that are headquartered there, as well as the startup um, community and the innovation community there. But, it, but in terms of the tech workforce stats, it's also predominantly, this is not a secret, it's predominantly a all white workforce and a predominantly male workforce. So I'm curious, you know, as a senior leader, leader of a fast moving company in this space, what are you seeing for as a young professional? um, Is this a great place to be? Does it feel sort of like heavily weighted one side or the other? It does that make a difference to you? I'd love your perspective there. Absolutely. You know, I think there's no denying that that is the case. Um, You know, I'm not blind. And but I, I do think that Nashville is an incredible place to be in the healthcare world, you know, male, female, you know, I am a white female, so I can't really speak for other races, but I I do think that there's so much opportunity here. There's so many companies, you know, that are established like an HCA, Ascension's here, LifePoint's here, you know, the hospital industry is all based here. Basically there's, you know, startups, there's tech companies. And so I think there's really something for anyone who's interested in working in the healthcare world. The one thing about Nashville that I'm finding more and more is it's well, it's a big town. The healthcare world is so small. And so it, it really does impact, you know, I think people's career trajectories based on, on who you know and, and what companies you've, you've been able to work for. I think it, it's funny as I progress through a couple of companies in Nashville, how many people I've overlapped with. 
in different companies. You know, we've all left and joined new companies and, and I continue to run into the same people. And so I think it's, it's interesting in that way. Um, at Wellvana, you know, I think we're, it's a predominantly male uh, executive team and leadership team right now, but we are, we are growing really significantly. And so I, I envision that will change, um, you know, as, as we continue to build out our leadership team. I think for me personally, you know, I've always kind of been surrounded by, by guys in my, in my life. You know, I was an econ major. I was a math minor in college, which there's not very many females, you know, who are math minors. And I always played sports and I always played, you know, I played tennis against the boys my whole life <laughs> growing up. And so I think I've always just kind of been surrounded um, by that. And so it doesn't, it doesn't bother me personally, but I think, you know, as we open up this conversation and, and women like you are really opening the door to have these conversations, I really do start to notice it more and more. Um, I wouldn't say that it bothers me. You know, I think I'm really honored to work with the leadership team that I do, and I'm really impressed by their skills and their talents. And so it, it, it probably differs for different people and it is kind of what you make of it, I, I suppose, but there's no denying that. But I do think that there's a lot of companies like HCA was really incredible and in, in the you know, the female leadership that I experienced there. And so I wouldn't say that it's, it's across the board, you know, in Nashville, but. Okay. So let's talk about the community a little bit, because it's so, you know, being a, being uh, an imbalanced gender community, predominantly male, not predominantly um, female, um, Nashville's quite well known for having built a great community for, I would say, younger professionals, earlier stage professionals, meet, greets, bringing, bringing folks into conversation. At least that's what I saw, you know, just um, wor working there. Are, did you participate in that? You said that you're, you're seeing some of the same people. It was a telephone call from a friend that drew you to the current, um, current organization that you're a leader at. So how, do you participate in the community? And if you do, you know, how is that important to you? I would say I wish I was able to participate a lot more. <laughs> I, <think laughs> I would love to have more time to dedicate to that. Frankly, I think there's so many great groups in Nashville, like the Nashville Leadership Council is a phenomenal example of that. I mean, there's just, that's produced so many leaders and, and grown connections. And I know a lot of people who participate in that you know, I think that's high on my list to join and, and participate in, in the near future. I think just work-wise, my network has grown significantly, you know, being at HCA, it's such a huge company. You know, if you wear anything that says HCA on a t-shirt or a hat anywhere in Nashville, someone will stop you and ask, you know, what department you work in. And so I think that was kind of a built-in network for me being at such a large company. And then also being part of a Martin Ventures company, you know, there's a huge network of of their companies. And so I've been able to grow my network kind of through those sister companies, if you will, Wavana itself partners with a lot of companies that are, you know, affiliated with Martin Ventures and kind of in that space, which has been really interesting. And so I think it, my network has just kind of grown organically. I also, a lot of my friends are in this space. So the lines are, are typically blurred between my work and personal life. So <laughs> there's a lot of just network growth through that as well. 
And then professionally, is that important to you, Cassie? You know, as you think about your own career and your own growth, you're obviously, you know, working a lot and working hard and sort of, you know, doing the, you know, everything and um, including other things, you know, just to keep the company uh, growing and thriving. But how do you think about your professional development? Is that an active, I've got to work on this, that, and the other thing, or is it just happening because of the work you're doing? Just be interested um, how you think about that. Currently, it's it's definitely more of the latter, but it is really important for me. I mean, I think it's it's so valuable to take the time to to grow your network and learn from other people, and to learn about what other companies are doing and how other people you know are growing and learning. So I I really want to put an emphasis on that. Um, another kind of personal goal for me is is to work with a professional coach. We had. A, a gentleman who came and spoke to us at a leadership retreat. He's here in Nashville and he was just phenomenal. And so that was something that kind of spurred something in me that I really want to expand my network and grow and learn outside of, of just my job. You know, I've learned a tremendous amount being at this company, but I think it's always important to step outside of that and see what else you can learn from other people and other companies. Do you have today um, a mentor or a sponsor? Is there anyone that you're currently working with and sort of uh, that, that kind of capacity, not specifically a coach, but somebody that you, you know, your go-to person um, when you have a, you know, professional dilemma question, not just a business question, but a, a, um, how do I deal with this kind of situation that I haven't encountered before kind of question? Yeah, I, I've been really fortunate that the person for me is Devin. Um, he's the CEO of Martin Ventures, and he's just a really fantastic friend and a great person to know. I think I've learned so much from him. I've never met anyone who's busier and more involved. I think he has um, upwards of 30 portfolio companies that he's involved in right now, but he was always very involved in Wavana. And so I've been so fortunate that, you know, anytime something, you know, we've, we've had some big issues as a, as a small company and had some ups and downs. And he was always there to pick up the phone when I needed advice or was really struggling with some difficult, you know, issues. Um, and personally, he's helped, you know, push me, I think, in my career to, to take bigger leaps than I would normally take on my own. And he's always just really believed in me. So um, I definitely owe a lot of that to him. And I'm really excited, you know, for my career in the future to continue working with him. And, you know, hopefully he, he taps me for another company someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us an example of one of those leaps beyond the one where Devin called you and said, Hey, come on over and be employee number three at Wellvana. you know, beyond that, get, what's an example of where you've sought advice and sort of, you know, taken a bigger step than you might otherwise have felt you were ready for. Yeah, I think, Things got pretty difficult at our company uh, at, towards the end of last year. We had a very significant leadership change um, and we let go of a lot of employees and started over. Um, and so there were definitely times during, during those couple months where one, I had never worked so many hours in my life. And, and two, I was really just starting to doubt, you know, if, if I was capable, I took a I was the VP at the time of strategy and operations. So I really kind of took over um, several people's jobs and we were just, it, it was just a lot on me emotionally and kind of a stress level I've not experienced before. And so listening to Devin's advice as someone who has been in you know those stressful situations and always has such a calm head and how he handles things and handles people um, was really, really helpful. And, and just kind of hearing some of his stories that he's seen 
you know, from his Martin Venture days and in other companies, it really put things into perspective for me, which was really valuable for me at the time to know that, you know, this is a short-term problem. And, and he always believed and had faith that, you know, we'd come out, come out of it and, you know, he would help fix this. And, and he really did. And so I've always just trusted the advice that he's given me. It's panned out very well so far. That's fantastic. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's hard to hear that overwhelming stress you must have felt in terms of, you know, the weight of the company on your shoulders, but then being able to go to somebody um, that you do have trust in. Um, that's just, that's just wonderful to hear, Cassie. What about, you know, other things like smaller types of things that, you know, whether it, I have to imagine that you're in many situations as a female leader um, in the communities that you're in, that you're, you know, one of a few or the only woman at the table. So how have you handled some of the smaller stuff um, that many women talk about? I don't know if this, if this has happened to you, but maybe not being noticed or acknowledged or having to give your credentials as to why you're at the table. Any of those smaller kinds of things, examples, and, and how you might have handled them in the moment? Sure. You know, I, I think I've, I've experienced a lot of that you know, as I said, we had a lot of leadership changes and, and then on the flip side, we had a lot of new leaders coming in at the beginning of this year who all, who are all our men and they're all, you know, incredibly successful. And it was a little intimidating. Um, I was promoted to chief of staff during this leadership transition. And so I definitely, I started to have doubts, you know, with all their resumes and I was the only, am the only female on our executive team. And so it was a little tricky for me to kind of find my place. I felt like, you know, I had to kind of cement my place that I, you know, I deserve to be here and where my, my place was. But I think what I kept telling myself was that, you know, I deserve to be here, that I've worked really hard. And I know a lot of things about this company that they don't. And I just, you know, I kept consistent, I think with that. And, and over time, you know, as everyone learned each other, it's also hard when you're, you're all new working with each other. Um, you start to build a level of trust and respect. And I think it just took some patience, I think on my part with so much, there was just so much transition. And, and, you know, I think that's a piece of advice that I would, I would give to other, other women. And especially when you're younger in your career to just sometimes be patient that, you know, even if things don't feel like they're right, right now, or they're not working, I think I've been strong in, in my willpower <laughs> to, to, to work through certain circumstances. And I'm really, really glad I did because a lot of times some of those things will resolve themselves. Um, you know, I've definitely had to speak up for myself um, and assert myself. But, you know, generally things always kind of work out the way they're supposed to. And I'm really, really happy with the team that we have right now. And so I feel really lucky that they worked out the way they were and that I really stuck through um, some of the more difficult times. Well, it's, it's great to hear you, Cassie, just that advice of being patient and sort of, you know, like not everything is falling apart if you're shaken in a moment or in a, you know, somewhat period period of time that to step back, you sound like you're being thoughtful and objective in a moment. Is there any other things that you do if you have a moment of self-doubt or your confidence was shaken? Is there anything that you do, um, exercise or things like that to just help you get through one of those periods, lots of women, you know, talk about being in those circumstances where they just get thrown off their game a little bit. 
Definitely. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of exercise, you know, in the moment, I'll just sometimes try to walk around the building or something, you know, if I can leave and just kind of shake it off. I definitely have learned over the years to, it's my preference, but you know, I'll just try to be quiet and, and think through and really think about what I want to say. And if it's worth, you know, me bringing it up later, um, you know, I really respect our CEO and he has such a great kind of poker face that, you know, he doesn't let things rattle him, even if he is upset about something, um, you know, he'll deal with it later. You know, he, he doesn't get rattled in the moment. And so I've really picked up on that from him um, to try to just take it in, evaluate it, you know, decide how I want to respond, but to really try not to respond in the moment if, if I know, you know, I may be upset about something. I think that is a great tactic. Cassie, you're so on a, on the go here in terms of like really moving and shaking at this company. As we close out on this Inspiring Women conversation, where are you going in the next five years, Cassie? Sort of like, what do you want for yourself professionally? What do you think about there? That's a big question. I have a lot of, I have a lot of uh, hopes and goals for this company. You know, I think for our future, there is hopefully some sort of exit here in the next year or two, um, which is really exciting. And the trajectory is really only up from here. So, you know, I think it's going to be a busy couple of years, but I think it's going to be really, really exciting. Um, you know, who knows where I land after this. Um, I would love to take a little break and start a family if I have time. Um, but then I think I really would love to do it all again, um, which may sound crazy, but I think there's just so many companies in Nashville that excite me and interest me. And I kind of want to do it all again. You are um, sound so excited about this. It's just really contagious. All right. We're closing out here, Cassie. This has been a great inspiring women conversation. I have been speaking with Cassie Smith and Cassie, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lori. I've really enjoyed it. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.